Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. The biggest games of the football season are coming, and Play Sugar House is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at Play Sugar House Sportsbook. Download the Play Sugar House app or go to playsugarhouse.com to place your bets. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Play Sugar House. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Play Sugar House Sportsbook. A Monday show, which means, of course, we talk football. Uh, as always, it's eeny, meeny, miny, mo. where to start. But I think let's start with the Giants, because we could all use a good laugh. The Eagles win the game 34-10. to 10. The game somehow goes over the total of 41. Just a brutal beak if you had the under. Uh, the Eagles cover the minus 10. Might have even closed minus 11. That kept going up and up. Um, I know this is a, a tall task in terms of ranking these games. This is a low bar, but that was one of the five worst football games I've ever watched yesterday. And I don't think it's five, and I don't think it's four. This game uh, was just so tough on the eyes. It was actually 3 nothing Giants pretty late in the second quarter. Uh, the defense played pretty well early. They had some opportunities, including on – uh, the opening kickoff, the Giants uh, f- couldn't fall on the fumble. The Eagles cough it up. Guy for the Eagles was right there. Uh, a couple plays later on third down, the opening drive, the Giants looked like they had what was an interception, got reviewed and overturned. Uh, it's funny because I had that box channel on. If you have DirecTV, I think it's 702, where it shows you every game that's on at once. You got like eight games at once. and It takes some, ke- some getting used to, but I do kind of like it and kind of keep my eye on everything. 
uh, especially in that early window with a lot going on. So I couldn't tell at first it did look like it hit the ground. So you know, usually when they go to review, they get those right more often than not, especially to overturn it. It did look like the nose of the ball nudged the ground, but uh, look, the Giants, the next drive, they sack Hurts. The ball's laying right there. Again, they can't jump on it. Eagles recover. You, know, you felt like the Giants, if they could have gotten a short field, maybe get an early lead, that was their only chance in this game. And uh, watching the game unfold, I don't know if that would have even been enough. Uh, after they missed a couple of opportunities early with, you know, dropped interceptions, which they had a few of after that. And, uh, that was it for the Giants because that's about as positive as it got. And look. I'm just going to read some of these stats and try not to just laugh my ass off. I'm going to try. I, no promises, but I'm going to try. Offensively, uh, and look, offensive is the right word. 2.6 yards per play. Third worst performance of any team this season. It's hard to believe two teams had worse performances than that. Uh, worst performance in terms of yards per play for the Giants since 1999. Congratulations there. And look, I've been asking on this podcast for a while for Jake from State Farm to play. Be careful for what you wish for, because I got what I asked for. Jake from threw the ball 16 times yesterday for 25 yards, six completions, 25 yards on 17 throws. I mean, that's it's really hard to do. 1.5 yards per attempt. Uh, he did throw an interception and he was abjectly terrible in the ball game. Now uh, he actually got yanked and they went back to Mike Glennon. Uh, look, if you're going to give from the game, let him just start, give him the game and see what he does. Not, not sure what much of a difference it makes to, you know, keep yanking guys and putting Glennon, Glennon out, taking him back and putting him back in. I mean, it's just, uh, look, I understand from was terrible, but I don't understand what, what putting Glennon back in is going to do. Glennon came in threw the ball 27 times for 93 yards somehow gotten him in the end zone for a garbage time touchdown. I and mean, he's become the king of garbage time. How they got in the end zone, I don't know. I will never know. I was, wasn't watching the game by then. Uh, if you were, I feel sorry for you. I'm not going to go back and look how they scored. Uh, maybe the referees just picked the ball up and walked it into the end zone for the Giants out of pity. I wouldn't have blamed them at that point. The Giants as a team threw it 44 times for 108 yards. I will repeat. 44 times for 108 yards passing. This is the NFL. This isn't some bye game where a one double eight team goes and plays, you know, Alabama opening weekend and loses 63 nothing. And, you know, you say, okay, it's Alabama versus, uh, you know, Mercer, whoever. This is the NFL. 44 passes for 108 yards, 2.6 yards per play. And these are professional football players. I mean, this is the NFL. These numbers are a joke. This team is a joke. This has become the worst team in the NFL. I don't think that's crazy to say. I mean, who would they be favored over on a neutral field? Uh, the Lions? No, the Lions actually play hard as much as we all laugh at Dan Campbell. You know, he's an easy target. Uh, the Lions are in these games, and they've won a couple of them. They have a tie. You know, they almost beat the Ravens. They could have beat the Vikings a couple times. They're 10-5 and five against the spread, by the way. The Texans, are they better than the Texans? No, I don't think so. The Texans have won two in a row. They just buried the Chargers. Terrible performance by the Chargers. The Texans have won two in a row, and they've won four games. You know, they won four with Watson last year. They won four with a rookie. It looks like they have a halfway decent rookie quarterback. Uh, and like I said, by the way, their best player has been inactive all year, which is still a strange situation when you think about it. Uh, you know, who's worse than this team? I mean, who is worse than the Giants right now? The Jets? The Jaguars, maybe. 
who was more evil, Hitler or Stalin? I mean, that's basically the conversation you're having. I, I don't understand it. And look, we'll get to the Jets-Jaguars game uh, later and what a disaster that was from both sides. But this Giants team, the team we saw yesterday, is about the worst team in football. I don't know how you could be worse than that. I mean, uh, and look, again, how they scored a touchdown, I, I don't know. I'll never know. But that was really just such a pathetic performance on offense. But if you want to look on the bright side, look, this is a, a podcast that's about positivity. It's about optimism. And if you want to look at the bright side, if you want to look at the glass being half full, it was reported yesterday that Joe Judge and Daniel Jones will return next year. Of course they will. That makes a lot of sense. Anytime you have a coach that's about to be 10 and 23 and a quarterback that's 12 and 25 and ranks in the bottom of the league in pretty much every category, you just have to bring everybody back. You have to do it. You just can't break up that nucleus. It's too valuable. You just, you just can't do it. And you got to keep everyone together. Give them extensions, you know, give them extensions, keep everyone together. What a clueless out of touch, outdated organization this has become. And what they're going to do is they're going to bring in a new GM. And so what? So what you bring in a new GM? I mean, he's going to be the GM and title only. His two biggest decisions are who coaches the team and who quarterbacks the team. His two biggest decisions have already been made for him. So he's not coming in and running things. He's not doing anything. You know, if you bring in a guy and he says, all right, I'm going to have this guy coach the team. I'm going to get this guy at quarterback. This is going to be my team. That's, that's a GM. What you're hiring here in the next couple of weeks is, is a puppet to replace Gettleman. He's going to be a puppet. And, you know, it's a symptom of everything that's wrong with the Giants that you're going to, you know, dictate the coach and the quarterback for whoever's supposedly running this team. And look, hey, you're the GM. You call the shots. Oh, by the way, this is your coach and this is your quarterback. But you get to decide, you know, who the left guard is. So it's your show. I mean, what a dysfunctional mess this is. What an absolute mess. And the smart thing, not even the smart thing, the obvious thing would be blow this thing up, get a new GM, get a new coach, get a new quarterback, identify someone who knows what the hell they're doing and give them whatever they want to run this thing and say, hey, you're in New York, you can run what used to be a, grout, a, a proud franchise, a great franchise, here are the keys, you can run the Giants, you got two top 10 picks, we believe in you. We'll give you, you know, four years to blow this thing up, start from scratch and build this thing from the ground up. Here are the keys. But that's not what you're doing. You're not bringing in an architect. You're bringing in a puppet, you know, a figurehead, a complete empty suit. And, you know, the worst problem you can have in sports, it's not a bad team. It's not a bad coach or a bad draft, bad quarterback. One of the more important aspects of winning that gets very little attention from the media in sports is that old rich guy that sits in the press box. You can't fire a bad owner. Uh, we've seen it with the Knicks being just a complete, irrelevant, dysfunctional mess the last two decades. Uh, we've seen it with the Mets under the Wilpons. We're starting to see it, sadly, with the Yankees post-George Steinbrenner. The owner is so important. You know how your team is run. Uh, we've all, I think, worked for great bosses, but we've all worked for crappy bosses, and we see that Leadership matters. You know, problems at the top trickle down. Uh, incompetence at ownership is just nearly impossible to overcome. And right now, the Giants are a poorly run franchise. We saw it yesterday with the performance on the field. And I think just as importantly, we saw it yesterday before the Giants even took the field with the announcement that uh, the clown show will continue into next year. 
boy, what a freaking mess. I mean, some of these stats for the Giants, it's really, it's just hard to believe. Uh, in a league where it's pretty easy to move the ball, you know, you just throw it 30 yards, every two or three plays, you're going to get a flag. I mean, it's not that hard to move the ball in this league. And boy, the Giants make it seem like there's like 15 guys on defense, no matter who they're playing. This isn't the 85 Bears on defense, by the way. I mean, Eagles, nice defense, solid team, but uh, just a, again, a, a new low for the Giants, just an embarrassing performance. Joe Judge, after the game, I saw one of his quotes where he said, well, you know, I thought our special teams did some good things and gave us some short fields. I mean, uh, for, for those of you who are old enough to remember Rich Kotite and how clueless, how out of touch he was, I mean, Joe Judge is starting to reach that territory. I know he did a decent job last year, 6-10. and 10. Uh, He got way too much credit for going 6-10. and 10. I mean, they were competitive. They didn't have a lot of talent, but he did a decent job. He is starting uh, to, to really seem like he's just out of his league here. Some of these quotes after the game and, Look, I don't know when you get you get your ass kicked like that. I don't know what you're supposed to say, but you know some of these quotes where you talk about how the special teams gave you good good field position. It's just you're so out of touch. I don't know how you feel good about this guy running your team, but looks like he's going to be back. Looks like he's going to be back. Uh, just a disaster. So the Eagles win their eight and seven. They are now in the driver's seat for the last wild card spot. The Vikings lost their seven and eight, and they have uh, Green Bay this week in Lambeau. So that will probably knock them out. Saints are seven and seven. They are home tonight for, versus the Dolphins, but uh, they have a million COVID issues. They are now three and a half point dogs at Play Sugar House Sportsbook. That totals down to 37. Uh, they do have Atlanta and Carolina to finish the year. So if they can win tonight, you know, even if they don't win tonight, they could still get to at least nine. You would think it's possible. Uh, Carolina's got some COVID issues now, too, and they are terrible. Why they are starting Cam Newton, you know, it makes no sense to me, but. What do I know? Uh, and the Saints do have a, a head-to-head tiebreaker over the Eagles. I'm sorry, the Eagles do have the, the tiebreaker over the Saints. Uh, the Eagles beat the Saints earlier in the season. So if they both if they both get to nine, the Eagles get in. So uh, Eagles are in good shape. They are at Washington this week, three-and-a-half-point favorites. I would think that line will go up. If you watched Washington last night, that was – you know, as bad as the Jets and the Giants are, that was about as pathetic as performance you'll see, too. I mean, that was just no effort. You give 56 points. Uh, basically, looked like they gave up. So Philly is at Washington. Then they are home for Dallas. But if Green Bay beats Minnesota this week, Green Bay clinches the one. So Dallas will essentially have nothing to play for except for seeding. So uh, Philly's in good shape here. They'll probably get to nine, maybe even ten. Uh, they'll at least get to nine. So... Philly's in good shape to get in the playoffs. San Fran's in good shape at eight, eight and seven. I think we all kind of pencil them in. But um, if this case, if this scenario were to take place, a three-way tie between Philly, San Fran, and New Orleans, San Fran is actually the odd man out there in, in terms of the tiebreaker. So a lot of moving parts here with two weeks to go. The Eagles are in good shape to get in. Probably not too dangerous once they get in. But look, they've beaten the Jets. They've beaten the Giants the last couple of weeks. So... That's all you can ask for around the holidays, around Christmas, to look up and, and to see, you know, the Jets and the Giants under your tree, on your schedule is, is a nice gift during the holiday season. So the Eagles are probably going to the playoffs. The Saints need a win tonight to keep pace. That's going to be a tough assignment. Uh, Ian Book starts for the Saints, a rookie out of Notre Dame. Four Stringer to start the year. Obviously, Winston Torres ACL, Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill. Who, look, they're not great either, but they're both out with COVID. And anytime you're on a four-string rookie, it's – just tough to operate your offense. I know a lot of people were surprised Ian Book even got drafted. I think he was picked in the sixth round, and I know some people thought even that was a reach. So uh, that's a, a pretty damning statement in terms of the quarterback tonight for the Saints, who they, 
also have a ton of COVID issues. I know there's actually some people in the league who think this meets the criteria for a postponement, but look, it's Monday night. The NFL is in a tough spot here with only two weeks left, no buys left. It's hard to rearrange the furniture here with only two weeks left and move games around. And, you know, you really be punishing Miami and it's just, it's hard to maneuver. It's really hard to maneuver. And we saw that last week where they moved these games and, you know, you can move the game. That's not going to cure all your problems. So the game will go on tonight. Miami is now at seven and seven. They're actually currently the seven seeds. Uh, they're another team that's, you know, gotten kind of fat here off the New York teams, three wins against the Jets and the Giants over the last four or five weeks. After a one and seven start, remember they beat Baltimore on that Thursday night. They blitzed the hell out of Lamar Jackson. Everyone's like, wow, I can't, can't believe they won that game. They were a huge underdog. Well, they haven't lost since. They're now seven and seven, favored by three and a half tonight. And then they're at Tennessee, which is a tough game, but they're home for New England week 18. And remember, they already beat New England in week one. So uh, they break ties with the Patriots. And if they win all their games, they're in. Uh, I think I was on with Ryan Rothstein a few weeks ago, and they were 12 to one to make the playoffs. And I don't know if I talked him into betting it. I know I bet it at 12 to one to make the playoffs. And uh, I'm excited. Now It's still an uphill battle, but they're right there. Like I said, it's not easy for them, but it, it's right there for them. And, you know, if you did bet that, uh, hopefully you did. You just got to win the next two. Then you head into week 18 against the Patriots and you can hedge and bet the Patriots and either guarantee a nice little profit or uh, if the Patriots have clinched a playoff spot by then, you might even have a scenario where it's a middle, uh, a middle opportunity where New England's the underdog and you can take New England plus the points and, you know, everything goes right. You hit the lottery, New England covers, Miami wins, you hit both bets. And uh, that's obviously a long way to go. Miami still needs to win tonight. Uh, which is, look, it's not a given. They're on the road. You know, you figured not a lot of points. Who knows what's going to happen? You have to favor them. Um, in terms of laying the three, three and a half now, I just think you're too late to the party. This line actually closed with, uh, open with the Saints laying three. Might have even been three and a half. The COVID issues got it down to pick. Uh, and like we see with this COVID, once there's some COVID, there's usually a lot more COVID. And it actually got it up to Miami minus three and got the total all the way down to uh, 37 here at play Sugarhouse Sportsbook right now, it's, yeah, three and a half. You know, it was three minus 120, and it just creeped all the way up to three and a half. I just don't see a lot of sentiment. Not a lot of people are going to be lining up to bet the Saints uh, with their situation. So we kind of bounced around here in the opening segment, but the Giants was the main theme. Just a total disaster. Total disaster. You know, if you ask the Giants how they would build the Titanic differently so it didn't sink, I think they would probably just say repainted a different color. That's how clueless they are. That's how just out of touch and clueless the Giants are right now. And it's, it's tough because you don't see it really getting better if you're just going to bring the same people back. Uh, but when we come back, speaking of clueless, does tanking exist in the NFL? We will touch on the Jets and the Jaguars. What a joke this was. This is the New York City cast presented by Play Sugar House Sportsbook. Play Sugar House Sportsbook has taken its game to the next level. Not only has it added robust same-game parlays for football, it's playable in a new state, Connecticut. Whether you want to place your bets in New Jersey or Connecticut, you can count on Play Sugar House Sportsbook to deliver a one-of-a-kind experience from your first bet to your fast payout approval. Download the Play Sugar House app or go to PlaySugarHouse.com today. Must be 21. Playable in New Jersey or Connecticut. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey or 888-789-7777 in Connecticut.
Okay, we are back. New York City Cast presented by Place Sugarhouse Sportsbook. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Spotify actually lets you leave a five star rating, uh, which is a new addition. Some of you guys have been nice enough to do that, so I'd appreciate that. Just go to Spotify, leave a rating. It takes two seconds. You just have to click the five stars. But on to the Jets. They beat the Jaguars 26 21. This game goes over the total. Jets cover. I think they were minus one to close the game. I've always thought tanking existed only in the, in the front office, especially in the NFL. It's just too fast. It's too violent. You can't tank. You're literally going to get somebody killed if you tank. Players don't tank. I've always thought that, believed that. Anyone who says these players tank, I just think is wrong. But yesterday watching this game, it, I don't know if it changed my mind, but at least gave me some doubt. First of all, the Zach Wilson touchdown run, 50-something yards, uh, was about as disinterested as you'll ever see a team trying to tackle someone. Uh, the two safeties for the Jaguars, I mean, maybe it was because they were near the sideline. They just didn't want to get a penalty for a hit out of bounds. Look, that's just the NFL now. You're afraid to hit guys. I, I can buy that. As sad as that is, it's, there's probably some truth to that. But uh, those two safeties look like they had zero interest in making a tackle. Wilson runs into the end zone. But let's just take this let, – let's pick this game up from the point where they lead – the Jets lead by eight. It's the fourth quarter. Jags get a touchdown – Missed the two-point conversion. So the Jets are up to, there's like five and a half minutes left. They drive all the way down the field. They eventually get it to the one where it's fourth and goal. A little under two minutes left. Jags still have a couple timeouts left. To me, an obvious go-for-it situation. Obvious go-for-it. If you get it, the game is over with, with the extra point. You put it at nine, game's over. If you miss it, okay, the Jags, yeah, they only need a field goal, but they're on their own one. And they're going to need the same yardage to get in field goal range as they would to get a touchdown if you kick it off. So it's the same in terms of yardage. The touchdown versus field goal kind of cancels out. It's basically a free shot from the one-yard line to end the game. So what do the Jets do? They kick the field goal. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying they're doing that to try to lose the game. Again, it's an interim coach. I'm sure he wanted to win. Uh, it, it's either you're trying to lose or you're just dumb. I, I, I can buy that they're dumb. I, look, you don't have to talk me into that one. Then they play the softest defense you can ever imagine. There's like a minute 40 left when the Jags take over, and they're just giving them 10, 12, 15 yards at a clip. Uh, basically let the Jags walk the ball up the field. I mean, they're in, in Jets territory before you can even blink. Lawrence runs for like 30 yards uh, with about a minute left. It looked like he was going to get in the end zone. He goes out around the four or five yard line with under a minute left. And uh, it, like again, it looks like the Jets are just letting them score. So the, the Jags have the ball first and goal from the four or five yard line. Here's where it gets really weird, really interesting. The Jags throw the ball one yard and they throw it inbounds. So the clock is running. Now the clock's becoming an issue because why you throw it one yards inbounds, I have no idea. Uh, second down, the pass is almost intercepted. Goes right through Mosley's hands. Somehow gets caught at the one by the Jags. But again, the clock is running still and the Jags are out of timeouts at this point. You know, 18 seconds seconds left 17 seconds left for the Jags so it's third down now the Jags have basically 14 15 seconds to run two plays from the one what do they do they spike the ball on third down they spike the ball why I have absolutely no idea on earth why they would spike it giving yourself only one chance to win I mean you got plenty of time you know with 12 I think it was 12 by the time the, the ball hit the ground for the spike you got time. You're at the one yard line. You can throw the ball in the end zone twice in 12 seconds. I mean, why you would spike it there? It's either tanking or just an egregious mistake. 
Uh, and then on fourth down, even after the spike, they weren't even set for the play. So they get an illegal formation and the game's over. The pass was incomplete anyway. So again, you're just, you're either tanking or you're completely incompetent. If you're the Jaguars and, and the jets weren't far behind with some of their decision-making their defense on the last drive, just uh, look again, I'm not convinced tanking exists, but uh, that's one that, that kind of makes you wonder just how that game was just completely mishandled by both teams in the last two minutes. Uh, actually ended up being one of the more exciting games of the day and what was kind of a, a mundane day of games, a, a, a day where look week 16 in the NFL, usually, you know, playoffs on the line. It's an exciting day. Yesterday was kind of a dud. We didn't get too many great games. That was actually a fun game, but uh, the jets win. I know jets fans. Some jets fans are actually annoyed. They won because they wanted either uh, Thibodeau, uh, the D lineman from Oregon or Hutchinson, the defensive lineman from Michigan, you know, if you're going to be in the top two, you're going to get one of those guys. And now winning that game, the Jets have the fourth pick. They're behind the Lions, the Jags, and the Texans. Uh, if they lost that game, they would have had a good shot to get one of those two guys. Now they're not getting them. Uh, similar to last year where they won a couple games and they missed out on Trevor Lawrence, who the Jets looked like all year was going to, were going to get them. It looked like they were maybe go winless. You know, they beat the Rams, they beat the Browns, and they end up uh, picking second. Instead of uh, getting Lawrence, who I must say, I wasn't overly impressed with yesterday. Haven't been impressed with them all year. Uh, look, I know it's not a great situation, the coaching, whatever, but uh, he's just not, you know, I know the word generational prospect gets tossed around to me. I mean, you got to be a little better than that. If you're going to be a generational prospect. I mean, we talked about Davis Mills with Houston. He's been just as good, if not better than Lawrence. Lawrence has not been impressive. Uh, maybe a new coach, a new system fixes that, but Look, that wasn't Urban Meyer on the sideline yesterday. They completely bungled the end of that game. Why he spiked the ball on third down, I'll never know. Uh, but the Jets get the win. Salah didn't coach. Uh, as, as far as Wilson, he ran around. He made some plays. Mentioned the touchdown. He wasn't terrible for a change. Um, I'm still a skeptic. I mean, you're going to need to see more than that to convince me he's going to be a good player. But that was at least a positive step. You would have liked to see the Jags score the minute or so left just to see how Wilson would, you know, handle the two-minute drill needing a field goal to win. But uh, he was okay in the game. He wasn't terrible. I guess LaFleur, the offensive coordinator, challenged him all week and said, look, you got to run more. You're leaving a lot of yards on the field. You know, you can't be afraid to run. And Wilson obliged. He, you know, he made some plays with his legs yesterday. More athletic than I thought. You know, I don't like the way he throws the ball. He's not, not very accurate. Doesn't seem... Uh, too impressive throwing it, but more, more athletic than I thought, and he showed that yesterday. Uh, that touchdown run yesterday was similar to the Darnold run, if you remember last year on that Thursday night game against the Broncos, where just kind of out of nowhere, you don't think of those guys as breaking long touchdown runs. Remember, Darnold almost got sacked. It was a huge loss. He breaks the tackles, and he busted for a touchdown against the Broncos. Uh, I remember that because that was the first touchdown of the game, and it paid like 40 to 1, something crazy. And, uh, I know some people that had big tickets on that, so Jets win. I swear both teams tried to lose. I swear both teams tried to lose, but the Jets fail. They win the game. The draft order is now Jags one, Lions two, Texans three, Jets four, Giants five, Panthers six. Wow, Panthers were three and no, they're six. Uh, Jets seven again, Giants eight again, then Washington eight, Atlanta nine. So, uh, or, or Washington in Atlanta nine and 10, Jets seven, Giants eight. So, Jags, Lions, Texans, Jets, Giants, Panthers, Jets, Giants, and Washington, Atlanta. So Jets four and seven, Giants five and eight. Those are going to be the picks. After a bad year of football, you at least got some picks to look forward to if you're a New York football fan. Uh, look, there's going to be 
a lot of draft talk on this city cast these next few months, because that's probably the most exciting part of these, these team seasons. And doesn't look like it's a great draft, but look, you'd rather have the picks than not have the picks. I know there's going to be a lot of talk. Should the giants trade those picks for a quarterback, you know, Watson, Wilson, uh, if you're Watson or Wilson, why the hell would you want to come to this team? I mean, you're going to watch the team yesterday and say, all right, you know, they got some players on offense. They got a defense, but look, Joe judge, the, just the whole ownership, the leadership. Why do I want to go to this team? I mean, if you're Wilson, you got, you know, maybe two or three years left. You, you, chances are you played in your last Super Bowl. as crazy as that is. It seems like, you know, just yesterday he was coming in the league, won a Super Bowl, almost won another one. And here you are, you're 33 and, look, it's hard to get back there. It's hard to get back there. You only got a few years to get back there. And, you know, are the Giants really the team you want to hit your wagon to? I'm not so sure. So uh, those are the Jets and Giants scenarios. Jets win, kind of. Giants lose in embarrassing fashion. Uh, I do want to mention one more thing before we get you out of here. Uh, I touched on some of the other games, some of the other games next week, just a brief look with Daniel Alvari on our crossover pod. So uh, you can listen to that as well. But I just want to mention this on Christmas. I think it was Fox. It was Fox. I uh, had this documentary on John Madden and I've been looking to see, because I've been telling my friends about, it, they got to watch it. I, I've been looking to see when they're replaying it. And if I come across it, uh, I don't see anything yet, but if I come across it, I will post it on Twitter uh, to let you guys know when it re-airs. It is much watch. It is absolutely must watch. If you like football, even a little bit, it is so good. I mean, it's Brady, Belichick, Peyton Manning, uh, Parcells, Aikman, Jimmy Johnson, Lawrence Taylor. Uh, it's just so well done. And, you know, I know he retired. I think it was a decade ago. I had to look it up. I think they mentioned it on the show. It was 2009. So you, you think about it, you know, if you're 25, 26, you don't really remember Madden. You just kind of know him, you know, as the name on the video game. You don't maybe know him as a broadcaster as much, but uh, anyone older, anyone you know, 30 and older knows Madden is, well, just a legend, an interesting guy, such a likable guy. And I can't recommend this show enough. And, you know, one of the things that jumped out to me is, I, I don't know if it was his agent or who, who it was that was mentioning this, but they said there was a time in the 90s. And at first, I thought this, you know, it can't be right, but I thought about it. And you know what? It's probably true. There was a time in the 90s when if you were selling a product, if you were pitching something, there were two pitch men you wanted more than anyone. Number one was Michael Jordan. The only guy ahead of John Madden was Michael Jordan. It was Jordan and Madden. I mean, that's how popular uh, Madden was. That's how likable he was. And, you know, it didn't matter if you're 20 or 40 or 80, you know, if you're young or you're old, you love John Madden. And, you know, he, they, he would go to a big city and he'd be popular. You know, he fit in. If he goes to New York or somewhere else, everyone loved him. You know, he'd go to a small town, Madison, Wisconsin. They love him there. I and mean, he's just a, a very likable guy. Uh, and I think it was like a 90 minute documentary. There were some commercials in there, but uh, if I come across it again, I'll, I'll let you guys know on Twitter. I'll mention it. It's just, it's so worth watching. It's so good. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. So that I think it's the Madden documentary. I'm sure they'll replay. I know it was a Fox feature. I would think NFL network would replay it at some point, but uh, definitely something to check out if you like football, even a little bit. So that's our show for today. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been the New York city cast presented by play sugar house Sportsbook. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. 
I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 